0: to this episode of the Visionary Leadership Institute podcast. On today's episode, we have Mayor Whitfield. Mayor Frank Whitfield is the mayor of Elyria, Ohio. His bio is going to be available in the information on this episode. Mayor Whitfield, welcome to the podcast.
1: Glad to be with you and excited to talk with you about a very important topic for me. Leadership is something that has driven me, so I'm glad to talk to you about it.
0: So we'll dive right into the first question, which is define your leadership style.
1: In terms of how I would define my style, I would probably be courageous, visionary, innovator. And a part of how I see things, I'm always looking for new and innovative ways to get things done. I'm driven by a sense of purpose, and that vision is molded by that sense of purpose. One thing I've just learned, I didn't know this was a part of my makeup, is that courage has been a theme throughout my journey. I don't think when people are being courageous, they intend to be courageous. I think they just are faced with a fear and are willing to overcome it. You know, And throughout my journey, whether it was running for office in itself, to me was a step of faith. But I realized in retrospect, it took a lot of courage. Some of the conversations you have to have with the individuals you're leading, I noticed a lot of managers are afraid to have courageous conversations that really are necessary for growth. And I've always felt comfortable getting uncomfortable in those conversations so courage has been a big theme i think throughout my leadership that i don't think i really realized until recently i think i just have been on a mission and people have come to me and said man you're really courageous man and i just like what do you mean and then they kind of share well This is a big deal that you're, you know, doing this. And I'm like, oh, really? You know, and then then in retrospect, I really thought about, like, I talked to my wife about it. Like, where does this come from? It's interesting because my dad, he didn't really accept fear. If there was something in front of us that I was supposed to do, whether it's a basketball game or going to grab a shovel out of a dark garage or something, it was like fear wasn't acceptable. It's like, no, that's not rational. To be afraid,
0: go do it. Get out there and do it. It's kind of been instilled in me to be courageous. Yeah, we were talking before we started recording. We do have a history working with the Lemonade Day program where we help kids of all ages. And I just have this memory of us coming up with jingles for the kids <laughs> uh, for their lemonade stands and just getting them to be confident and singing those. So. Yeah. And then remember, yeah. we
1: had them walking around the campus yeah. and you could see some of the leaders. And I think as kids, they have this sort of naive courage, I would say. If I was to write a book, it would be, you know, naive courage, because I don't know if you remember the one kid, she like went behind the... Receptionist desk and start selling them goods and stuff. They're like, What is this kid doing back? And she didn't know any better, but she was just like, I'm trying to sell this product. So I'm going back here. And it's like that sort of naive courage, I think, has been something I've had throughout my journey.
0: Just going for it. Yeah. Yeah. If you could have dinner with any leader, who would you pick and why?
1: That's a great question. So I'll do dead and alive. You know, so alive, Barack Obama owes me lunch. I've had a couple (laughs) interactions with him that have been cut short. So he owes me lunch. I'd like to talk with him. For sure. I have some thoughts I'd like to share with him, especially being in his political environment, kind of hearing his perspective of how he navigated some of these politics when he was in Chicago. And you know, there was a journey for him and he had to deal with some of the local politics to get to where he was. And I'd be interested in hearing his thoughts on those. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. And so I would love to spend some time with him. Gary Vaynerchuk. I would like to spend some time with him. I know you said one person. I'm naming a bunch of <laughs> folks. Robert Smith, black billionaire. I would like to talk with him. Yeah. So those are some of the folks I would like to spend some time with talking just about innovation and leadership and you know with Tony Robbins in particular talking about he's kind of got this kind of radical leadership style where it's like really overcoming your fears and digging deep and seeing what's inside of you and pulling out that warrior in you as well as pulling out that gentle spirit within you I'm all about holistic sort of leadership and like being in tune with yourself being self-aware and I think that's something Tony I would love to spend time with him on that with Robert Smith we'd probably talk about just industry and finance. Finance and entrepreneurship, where the markets are going, and, and what it's been like for him to navigate spaces. And then, dead. I would love to have had lunch with Albert Einstein, for one. You know, as someone who was thinking a lot differently than the majority of people around him. How think Nikola Tesla would be another one similar. You're thinking about things that everybody's looking at you like you're crazy. How do you maintain and persevere in the midst of that? There was a mayor of Illyria back in early 1900s who decided to purchase land in Lorraine to pump water from Lake Erie to Elyria. And it was a really transformational idea that he got a lot of pushback for. And I'd love to talk to him about one. I'd encourage him to stick with it because he didn't even run for reelection afterwards. Okay. he actually walked away from politics and it was one of the best decisions ever been made for the city. But it was such a tough decision and had so much weight and so much pushback that he decided to walk away from it. And it saved the residents millions of dollars. It saved the city millions of dollars. We have our own fresh water we pump into our city. So I'd love to have lunch with him. Yeah, that's a good list.
0: So this moves right into the next question. What memorable lessons did you learn from your mentors? And those Senator Glenn,
1: too. Senator Glenn. Yeah. And I'm sorry, because the reason for him is because he's somewhat of like a renaissance man. Astronaut, senator. He like navigating these worlds of being like very successful from a military standpoint, then from an astronaut standpoint and then being politically successful. I would love to spend time.
0: Okay. As well. So you mentioned the importance of being a Renaissance person. This isn't on the list of questions, but what's the importance of continued learning?
1: If you're not growing, you're dying. That's my philosophy. The moment you feel like, oh... I've learned what I need to learn. You just started dying because things are changing every day. There's always a new skill to learn. So when I first started working at Lorain County Community College back in 2010, at the same time, I was getting my bachelor's degree. So I was working full time, going to Cleveland State full time and got my degree in nonprofit administration. Then in 2012, when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I then got a job at the Nord Family Foundation where I went to case and got certified as an executive. Coach. So again, was like, all right, based on this new place I'm at, I want to learn new skills. And then when I became the president of the Urban League, I went and got my MBA. Because again, it was like I want new skills. I want to stay sharp. And then since I've been mayor, you know, I've taken some classes. I was fortunate to get accepted into this Harvard leadership program. And I took some classes around economic development and some other like general classes just around leadership. I get nervous when I'm not learning. If I'm not taking some classes or learning something, I'm like, yo, something is wrong because I know the world is changing and I know I have so much to grow still as an individual that I know I haven't arrived, so I know I need to keep learning.
0: And how do you make time to make that a priority with your busy schedule?
1: Well, society? I'm fortunate. My wife, Kalina, is definitely supportive of me. So she has been a champion like throughout this whole journey. When I was working full-time and getting my bachelor's, we had four daughters at the time, we had two, and so she was always supportive of, hey, I'll take care of the kids and so that you can have time to study. Or sacrifices instead of us going out I was at the table studying, doing homework And so she's always been supportive of the journey of those hours Once the kids go to bed Putting our heads into some books And when I got my MBA, it wasn't easy I mean, there were some hard nights I mean, some tearful nights of just like struggling, you know, like, man, this is a lot. I'm trying to lead an organization, dealing with the challenges of that. And at the same time, like trying to get good grades on these papers. And she was always there cheering me on. And so that's been a huge factor is having a good support system around.
0: I like that you mentioned that. Yeah. I, when I was in school as well, there were a lot of those nights where it would have been easier to not keep going. So what moments did you have? What motivations did you have to keep going? Yeah. What advice would you give if somebody's listening to this while they are studying? Yeah. Because um, a lot of our listens do come at night when when students are working on stuff so
1: it's having that vision for your life of where you're trying to get to I knew I wanted better for my family I knew that I had a vision for myself like I know there's more in me to bring out and I guess another part of me always had a chip on my shoulder that if others could do it I could do it you know and that others have done it before me and so I'm not alone in this journey so I can do it if they did it as well so I'd say having that clear vision of like all right you might not know the detail of like I'm getting this degree because I'm gonna have this job for this salary at this place but just knowing like this is a ticket for me getting to the next place in life. Every time I've gotten a degree, it literally opened up a new door. When I got my associate's degree from LCC from Miami County Community College, the job I applied for on the job is said associate's degree required. And it was like it was the perfect job for me. I was a computer instructor. And I'm like, I know I can do this job. But sure enough, that ticket was necessary. Mm -hmm. So I showed him that. Boom. I got that. My next gig was a fellowship at the Nord Family Foundation requirement. Bachelor's degree had that ticket. Right. I mean, literally got my degree in July. And the application was due in September. So it was like that ticket unlocked that door right there. And then as I was deciding to run for mayor, I got my degree. I announced I was running like the last week of April, last two weeks of April. And I got my master's degree in May. It was like clear unlocking a new thing for me there as well. And I'm still interested in continuing on my education as well. But I would say for those contemplating every time I got a degree, a new door unlocked yeah
0: thinking of of, that key or as that ticket that's so important Yeah. yeah the next question would be what advice would you give to future leaders
1: my attitude with leadership is always start with service. My journey, I started, I kind of stumbled into leadership. My first employment was as an after school mentor and tutor for after school programs. So kids would come to the program, save our children. They would come to the program after school. And I was one of the folks that would help them with their homework, encourage them, and then find some fun activity where it's kickball or dodgeball or something to kind of blow off some of that youthful energy they had. And then we'd feed them and send them home. And so service is how I got introduced into to this work and there's no feeling like seeing someone struggling with something you come in and help them and they're no longer struggling it's an addictive feeling and i think for leaders i think that's the type of addiction you want to get in this thing because you can also get addicted to the cheers And the compliments, you can get addicted to the power, you can get addicted to the prestige and all those things have no substance and root underneath it. You can attain those things through manipulation and so many other things that don't have a root in them. And unfortunately, some people's journey has been more superficial. And I think my thing for upcoming leaders is like start with service. Find a problem in your community. Find someone who's in need in your community. Zero in on it and help them out. You know, whether that's feeding at a local food pantry, whether that's mentoring and tutoring a young person, whether that's cleaning up in your city, and in your neighborhood, you know, focus in on a problem, zero in on it and serve and keep people at the heart of what you do
0: yeah and i think that that increases the generational impact mm. as well because that one person that you might help might go on and be a teacher and then they're yeah. helping thousands of people from there through my work at neil Lash and i've helped some students write books and then mm. those books go on to be inspiring the next generation of leaders wow. that way too so it's so it's cool. really cool to see that um, is any final advice, anything you want want to leave with our listeners today?
1: I think, as you mentioned, some of the folks you interviewed before, Dr. Church was one of those folks that on my journey as a student here, and again, that kind of naive courage, I would email Dr. Church all the time. Like, I want to meet with you. And he would meet with me. Like, I was just some random student. Hey, I got this idea, and I want to talk with you. And he would make time for me. And, and now looking back, I'm like, what? Why was he meeting with me? Because I was just a struggling student up here, but he always gave me audience and always was willing to listen to me. And I just would encourage all leaders out there, especially those who are established to never think that you're too high up to take those calls, take those meetings, take those emails and engage with people. And that's a lesson I learned from him. And I think I've carried that on that when people call my office and they want to meet and, you know, the staff is like, yes, I want to meet with them. I want to talk with them. I want to hear their ideas. Because people like Dr. Church really set a standard for me like that. And he's been a support and a mentor from a student here, and I've made calls to him while I've been mayor as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mayor Whitfield, for being a guest on the Visionary Leadership Institute podcast.